Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, the Red Raiders take care of business and down in UTA. But what do we know about this basketball team or just life in general? As we hit the Christmas break, next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On College for 20 bucks off your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you once again, my man. A few things to dive into today as we're wrapping up the week and sending you off to a Christmas break. We'll get to something that became official maybe a little bit later on than we anticipated. And if you're talking transfer portal, why would I even use the word official? Nonetheless, some QB depth officially announced by the Red Raider football program, but also kicking off our conversation, going back to United Supermarkets Arena yesterday, where Texas Tech downs UTA 77-66. Chris was on the call Four double-digit scores for the Red Raiders, Chris, with Isaacs, Williams, Toussaint, and Chance McMillan off the bench getting there. You did some good things once again as far as some of the details, some of the little things that we have uh, touched on up to this point in the season. And beginning to try to figure out, I think, or maybe you are figuring out, uh, your post-Devin Cambridge identity uh, as a team as you were looking for some answers whenever he goes down. But nonetheless... You take care of business as you need to in these final few opportunities before Big 12 play. A couple more coming up. But what were you taking away from the win for the Red Raiders yesterday? Well, it, it was a bit disjointed at times, uh, kind of sloppy. I think uh, too many turnovers. I'm sure both coaches would say that about their teams. But with, with UTA, I think Coach Turner, like he's come to expect that a bit with his group, uh, averaging about 16 a game. And they, they, they're very aggressive. And so I think they live with some of that because of the aggressiveness. Uh, and, and uh, you know, just they got, got some gunners coming off the bench, man. Guys just, just looking to, to shoot it and be aggressive to score and all those things. Uh, but for Texas Tech, that that was the, the, the concern or I think why this game was only an 11-point win as opposed to – because at one point you were up, I think, 20 points with uh, about 15 minutes or, or so left in this game. And, uh, you know, you'd gone on like a, I want to say like a 14-3 run, maybe a 13-4 run. I'm dyslexic sometimes. So there's a four and a three somewhere uh, at the end of the half uh, to, to build a lead uh, going into the halftime. Uh, and, and you know, I just think the old turnover bug uh, bitch you a bit. And like what's 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 bad is, is like is Pop and Joe Toussaint, you know, they combined for seven of them because they've been really good lately. But. I, I think you get in a faster paced game. Maybe you're taking a few chances, but Grant's over there probably like going, we don't, we don't need to do that right now. Like just, you know, we don't have to, it goes back to trying to hit dingers, man. When, a, when a standing on first base with a single is just, just fine. But, um, <laughs> and, and who had the biggest issue with the turnover bug, although he had one of his best games was Darion Williams. Yeah. I mean, five of them. And they're trying to, they're trying to post him up. They're trying to let him be because he's he's really good passer, and and I think which is you know 
his six assists, which led the team yesterday. But again, gotta gotta you know maybe get it slanted more to the the assist. But they're trying to play him out of the post and let him hey go score if the double team comes. Let, let's let you you know be a passer and and you help play point guard out of the post and and all those things. But that that was a bit of a concern, man, uh, Cowan. Just just kind of the turnovers. But hey, I mean, it was a win. Avoid the distraction of the holiday game and all that. You have sickness run through your team, I think, as well. Uh, Kerr Walton uh, and and I think a few of the others not feeling good at all. Um, you know, and Kerwin, not that that's an excuse, but, you know, he did not score in this game and just uh, just could never get into a rhythm. And you, boy, you played you played the bulk of your team, just six guys. Yep. You know, I think Robert Jennings, Lamar Washington combined for the, the other 13 minutes, but everybody, it's those other six guys, Chance McMillan, the one off the bench, but they played the bulk of these minutes. Yeah, just going to have to get used to uh, comparing within a box score and seeing a fairly short list of names for the Red yeah. Raiders, while the other guys might have, I don't know, 16 guys that have gotten some minutes, maybe not all of them all that significant. That was probably the disappointment I think that everybody took away. Among those little things, among those details you had been taking care of, shining like a, a sparkling example of that, was the turnover column. You, for the most part, had been really good in that area. And obviously, when you're not going to be the most talented or the, the deepest basketball team, you've got to do whatever you can to preserve whatever margin for error you have. Yours is razor thin. When you turn it over 17 times, uh, you got no margin for error, and you're not going to win many games or any games in the Big 12 Conference if you're doing that. So unfortunate that you walk away with that feeling in that particular statistical category. But you're right with Darian Williams. I mean, the dude was hovering in the neighborhood of a triple-double, 14, nine rebounds, and six assists. But the turnover number, not necessarily what you're wanting there. I got to tell you, I'm liking, once again, seeing Chance McMillan, however, uh, providing a punch off of the bench. You spoke a few weeks ago uh, about him clicking at some point in time. It was prior to the Butler game where we really hadn't gotten to know him at all as far as in-game impact up to that point. But you said he's just too good of a shooter uh, to not eventually begin to make that impact. So definitely like to see him continue to do what he's done. And I got to tell you, as we consider this question here on the screen, what do we know? That's not just in general. Like, can we say the alphabet backwards? <laughs> Do we know what our zip code is? Things like that. Sometimes. And sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's about the basketball team. And this is kind of a difficult question because, again, we're still just a couple of games away from Big 12 play where you're really going to find out what you are. But considering what we know about this team, whether it is a guy like McMillan being able to provide a punch or I'd kick the, off this conversation maybe with this thought, Chris. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time, and you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events, and with Game Time, you won't, because it's always a breeze. Using the Game Time app, where you're going to find killer last-minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it begins, which means Game Time is the place to find last-minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, creating an account, and then use our code Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code Locked On College. $20 off. Download the Game Time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price. Guaranteed. 
I feel like I know Texas Tech is on the way to really being a team that plays well together if they're not already there. And I know, again, with 17 turnovers most recently, a little tough maybe to digest that thought. But it was another game, Chris, where we're sitting here talking about, you know, an assist total versus a field goal made total, 17 to 28 is how that one round up. Look, maybe you're trying to do a little bit too much as far as sharing the basketball here or there, and that's why you see some turnover number inflated uh, within this most recent game. But I don't know how many times we've sat there and, and talked about this up to this point in the year. That's been a little bit better than I've expected, and I I can only hammer it so much. Like, you know, you're talking about a team still who's got essentially one returner playing with new guys, and I know some of these guys have experience uh, in college basketball, so maybe that helps a little bit, but I'm a little surprised to this point in the year, sitting here just a couple of days before Christmas, how well they have, for the most part, uh, played together as a team. I I think um, I think we kind of know that this team is flawed a bit or 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 thin, uh, especially without Cambridge. But I think that to your point, Cowan, I think that uh, that that Grant and his staff they've done a really good job of of squeezing as much out of this group as constructed as they possibly can uh, and, and good basketball. Um, they're, they're under the radar right now. I don't know if like too much is going to be expected of them when the conference race gets here. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, and, and that's why I think yesterday was kind of like an, um, you know, a, a bit of an exception, at least in the last, you know, couple of three weeks with how well they have played together with, with taking care of the ball and, and all those things, but they're trying to, Still, you know, identify what what works, what doesn't. But you're going to go as your guards go, and um, I think Chance McMillan kind of adding to that uh, mix uh, with what he can do from the perimeter and just looking to score more in general uh, certainly ha- has helped uh, Joe and 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 Pop out uh, quite a bit. But you know, I think we know. How about this? I think we know that Joe Tucson is better than we would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say that you weren't expecting much because that's not true. But he, he's been one of your better or best players, and I, I think he's, you know, he's really embraced the like I'm the old head around here. I can score. I want to score. I can also really help lead a team. And then you know, yesterday there was a situation where he goes up in the air on a break and. Little, little excessive, and I'm just saying, for, for you know, if, you, if you're one of these dudes from UTA, man, you don't don't mess with a dude from the Bronx. Just telling you, <laughs> like, yeah, this, you know, be careful, because uh, Joe jo, Joe took issue, and so we we uh, we have some technical fouls and some uh, and all those things, but yeah, I I love his, I I know that he's tough. How about that? Uh, and I think it's legitimate. I don't even want to think about where you'd be without him. Oh, my gosh. Leading scorer to this point in the season. Definitely didn't have that penciled in uh, coming into the year. Absolutely expected him to provide some things in some different, maybe intangible kind of ways as far as toughness and leadership and, you know, some some clutch gene, if you will. He's been in some big games and in some tight moments, you know, late in the ball game. Did anticipate all of that, but the scoring punch so consistently is, is probably not something I anticipated. And I'll tell you as well, I don't know what your favorite – assist to turnover uh, ratio is three to one, two to one. Maybe you'd love to be three to one, but he's sitting there cooking at 44 to 20 at this point in the season. He shared the basketball. And for the most part, again, I know the timing is not great for talking about turnover uh, discipline, but for the most part, he hasn't given it up all that much. 
I'm still sitting here wondering about Pop Isaacs. I can't necessarily say that I know we have seen him, you know, hit his ceiling this season. I've said a lot. I feel like still Pop Isaacs' best basketball of the year is out in front of him. And to say that still with him averaging a little over 14 points per game, I kind of take it as a silver lining in a way, I guess, because he hasn't shot it very well from the field or from beyond the arc, but he's continued to kind of manufacture uh, and be able to find a way to get buckets. And that takes a lot of toughness. And uh, especially for a player that is still fairly young in his college basketball career coming off the season he did last year, I, I don't know. I kind of thought, man, it'll be easy to get disgruntled or discouraged, maybe not grind as much if if those shots are not falling because I saw him as a trigger man uh, a season ago, and I didn't know if that was the only way he could slice it up and, and get buckets. But it, I'm, I'm a little conflicted with how I am uh, processing Pop Isaac, I guess, to this point in the season because I admire what he's been able to do so far. But the fact that it hasn't come from a bunch of big, you know, hot shooting nights also, again, kind of, again, leads me to like, silver lining territory to think well there's going to be some of those at some point as the season goes on but maybe i'm wrong what do you make of what we've seen from pop isaac so far this year yeah he's not shooting it as well as he wants to um and he's going to continue to get uh a lot of looks and and he needs to continue to pull the trigger on those um I, i do think those numbers will improve but you know and he'll he'll occasionally mix in like trying to make a play or somebody's not you know, on the same page, uh, and, and you'll go, oh, man, don't throw that pass. But there's so much that he is doing. Uh, like, I mean, there, there was a couple of steals in this game yesterday, and he then he initiates a fast break, throws an alley-oop to Chance McMillan on one of them, and it's basically all Pop Isaacs. He gets the steal, facilitates, throws it up. McMillan's hanging from the rim. I mean, those are the kind of plays, but it's all initiated by Pop Isaacs. And only – uh I guess a, a steal and an assist show up in the box score, but it, it, it was one of those juice plays, you know, that got the place going and, and, and all those things. I just think he's done more of that um, in, in year two here. Um, his assist numbers are up in general over last year. His turnovers, I believe, are down in general. Um, I, I think uh, he has, sh- you know, a lot more three-point attempts this year because I think part of it, he's just trying to get himself going. And then part of it too is, you you really need and want him to take these open looks. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe there's at times where, hey man, we don't need it at that particular time. Let's, you know, Grant may want to, hey, let let's let's work it uh, around a bit, see if we can't find something better. Uh, but I, I'm I'm okay with it largely. Um, and I just again, I think you're gonna you're gonna go. I, I think the thing with Pop is, and this is what you're you're commenting on about Joe Toussaint is that. It's really the word is is efficient. Are you being efficient? Because I think like his, I, I looked this up. Um, you know, I think prior to yesterday's game, like his plus minus, which is you know it's inexact, but it's it's largely based in like you know how much better is the team playing when you're on the floor versus you know, you know, or, or how, how much worse are they playing when you're on the floor and all those kinds of things, like, but the score differential, it's a formula and all this stuff. I think it's plus minus, like, this uh, this season was like a plus 100 something or other, whereas, like, last year it it, it was, you know, not, not anywhere near as good. So it basically just tells you that when he's on the floor, they're, they're still, whether his turnovers are too high or whether he's not shooting as well, they're still playing good basketball and they're, 
they're they're beating the other team and all those kinds of things. And let, let's not discount where would you be without this kid if you don't, you know, beat Northern Iowa and you don't get the the Butler game even to overtime. Yeah. You know, I mean, th- those were a couple of clutch uh, plays and, and all that that I think uh, are worth mentioning again. So um, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I want that kid on my team every time, man. Yeah. Pull the trigger, young man. Pull the trigger. Yeah, that's uh, right. I still got no problem with that. Of course, I'm not Grant McCaslin. <laughs> so there may be on occasion, like you allude to, where uh, yeah, pull the trigger on swinging it around maybe one more time. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the Butler game. Before we get back to football, I wanted to ask you, what do we know? about the way this team will defend. I, I feel like I see a lot of strenuous effort and some commitment to that end of the floor. Aside from that little 103, uh, when you look back to the Butler ball game, for the most part, 66, 54, 76, 58, 57, you gave up uh, against the Michigan Wolverines. I think there's been a lot to like about it. And maybe just most importantly to me, fairly early on in the season, there is a general interest in defending, I guess it seems like I see from the team. So that seems like a good thing, is I really hope you're back to rooting your program's identity in the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, if we're being brutally honest, this is not going to be a great defensive team. It's just not. Um, and I think Devin Cambridge's injury really compounds that that issue because he was – Joe Toussaint is your best on-ball defender, period. I think Devin Cambridge was your most versatile defender. And, and so you take Devin out, and I, th- I think what happened there is that, okay, probably can be a little bit more offensive-minded and get the score up, and we were better in the half court when the game slows down on the offensive end, but just not – you're not as good in transition and you're not as good in the half court defensively. Grant will, will largely tell you the same thing. It's just not built – right now to, to be what ultimately he wants. I mean, trust me, he has not lost those hopes and dreams. He will keep working toward, toward, you know, because I think, I think a lot of these guys individually are better defenders, but it's just not, it's not built um, to, to, to switch and, and do a lot of the things that you'd love to be able to do. And that's why I think he wants, it's, it's just, I, it's fascinating about the conversations with, about Grant when he was hired. I'd really never gotten into the whole pace of play conversation, the analytics of it. I'm just like, I'm all worried about the win, you right. know. And if you're really good on defense, because we we had maybe seen a lot of the you lock down a team and you grind away with it, and, and I'm okay winning 62 to 60 or or 59 55, whatever. I don't care, um, you know, because I don't want to lose 83 to 81, you know. So it, it's whatever whatever you want to do to try to win. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I'll, I'll wrap up with saying that ultimately they're working on it, but this is just not going to be, you know, a, a great defensive team. It's just not. Um, th- they struggle with help defense at times in the rotations. I don't know if you have enough pieces that can, you know, switch off on multiple positions and things like that. There's just not – you're missing some versatility there, and, and they know it. But I also think the trade-off is – you're much harder to guard in the half court uh, in, in, on the offensive end. And you've got, you know, multiple shooters out there. And it's, you know, you can put teams in a bind too on certain nights if, if those shots are falling. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about playing as a team so often, you want to look at some of these offensive numbers, but there's a hell of a lot of effort it takes to play as a team, as you're describing there defensively, just as much chemistry and feel and, and some time spent together. But it all has to start with effort, want to, and an interest. And I think we've mostly seen that box checked. Can you play above what what you actually are? Uh, only time will tell. And uh, 
it gets serious as far as time is concerned very soon. A couple more tune-up opportunities before it'll be Big 12 play at your door with the Longhorns on the other bench uh, from Austin. So time is running out. Before we get out of here today, Chris, let's get back to Red Raider football and new names added to the list. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Heat up the action and keep the sports flames stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up by the warmth of a nice prop bet or a player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. You'd be a fool not to take a bite out of that apple. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now this, if you've watched Locked On Texas Tech, is not necessarily a new name. This is in the form of West Georgia quarterback Cameron Brown, who is a transfer portal guy, right? I'm just trying to keep it all straight as far as commitments <laughs> with NLIs and whatever. I apologize to West Georgia. I was not familiar with your game. So what division are you in? Is this a Canadian football? I don't even know. Nonetheless, it was finally announced, which was a little bit interesting earlier in the week when we didn't see him announced as part of that signing day list. And then we see it confirmed by Texas Tech. So adding depth to the QB room in one way, also adding, I think, some versatility to the QB room in another way. But don't sleep on this conversation this offseason, man. It's kind of seemed like you've had almost a crowded uh, quarterback depth chart in some recent seasons. And I'm not sure for most fans, if you gave them Baron Morton, they could give you another name as far as who is going to be in that room heading into next year. Um, so I'm really curious to see how this plays out and and hopefully if he sticks, how he'll be utilized. Yeah, th this is um, th this is kind of a sneaky, fun addition to your roster here. Uh, and, and I say that because they, they just weren't – they weren't – prepared to go into next season wanting to to operate like they had um like they had done this past year after you get to the BYU game and it's like you've got a wide receiver uh as your backup that, that it's just and 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 like you didn't want to be in a position where like okay if if, if worst case scenario I mean, are we really wanting to put Will Hammond out there in front of 65,000 people on a Saturday night on the road with a with a receiver backing him up, I mean, is this what you know we're willing to do? And and I, the answer was no. Um, and so you you wanted a another addition to your program. I even think that they will look to add another one to give you to five. Hmm. Uh, and, and and it won't be. Make no mistake, this isn't going to be some high profile. Maybe somebody that that it's another high school or that's got some versatility. But let's talk about Cameron Brown a little bit. Because it's not going to surprise me in the slightest if in some way he plays some uh, next year. And I think there, there's some things you can do with him because I think that what he brings, because he redshirted. So the, the, the fun thing about him is that you're, you're getting a, a, a mature uh, kid who, who's been in college for two years already. 
I mean, he red shirts and then he plays as a freshman. He's the freshman of the year in that league. And I think it's uh, it's it's an FCS division. Um, but, you know, he's got three years to play. He's 6'2", about 230. Uh, he had about 500 yards rushing last year. And he had about 1,000 yards passing and, and, and all these things. So he's kind of a dual threat guy, but he's got some size. So you, you can, you know, th- this is somebody that, could, could he start a game for you if you like what you see in the spring? Sure. Could he be a, a red zone or a short yardage guy uh, if you like what you see? Sure. Uh, could, you know, I mean, you know, and, and I, I just think it gives you some more options and, and protection insurance uh, at, at, at a position of, of need because, you know, Baron, Jake, Will, like 18-year-old, uh, red shirt, basically freshman and Jake strong. And then, you know, Baron Morton, who's going to be a junior next year, who's had some, you know, he's been dinged up with a high ankle sprain, you know, a year ago, and then an AC sprain in his shoulder this year. Enter Cameron Brown, just to kind of ease the, the, the stress level on Joey McGuire, Zach Kitley, anybody else associated with the offense. Uh, he, he's another piece and some things you can do with him via the run game. I, I just know this. When Donovan Smith walked out the door, everybody understood. But you loved what Donovan Smith could do compared to what Barron and Tyler could do for you uh, a year ago. And I think they've been, they missed that component this year. Cause I mean, I hear Joey McGuire say, Cameron Dickey, you know, our running back signee, if we would have played BYU this year, Cameron Dickey could have taken some snaps and played like the Wildcat. He (laughs) played quarterback in high school, and he's a running back, but he knows – I mean, you you see what I'm saying? There's just a running component with the quarterback that is just – I think it's it's married to college football now. You're just not going to get away from it. It, It's it's a need, and they they missed it this year, to be honest. I still kind of feel like – you know, as you talk about, if you like what you see in the spring, could he start a game or things like that? Like it's barren. I know it's barren or bust for the most part, as far oh, as yeah. any semblance of a passing game or yes. any shot at really being an offense that's not going to be one dimensional. And I, I don't even know still what I feel like the ceiling is for Baron Morton because of the lingering injuries that that you uh, mentioned there and what we've seen. So. This is going to be a really interesting offseason as far as the QB room is concerned. And it'll be one of the first in a while, I guess, where, you know, there's not some kind of fog or haze as to who the guy is going to be. And maybe internally there never was any haze or any question, you know, going through last year. But, you know, back to the Shuck and, and Smith and Morton days and then Shuck and Morton. And now we're sitting here and, and Baron Morton is the last man standing, which in some ways I almost feel good about. But uh, in other ways... If he is nicked up or dinged up for any period of time, you know, Baron or Bus may come in a very literal sense. That that kind of gets frightening to me very quickly. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and when I said, you know, Cameron Brown could end up starting a game, that's if Baron were to be injured and like you were looking to, okay, who's our other options? I mean, I think that, that the hope would be that Cameron Brown could end up being like, okay, what are we going to go with with Will or or Baron? I mean, uh, uh, Cameron or or Jake? You know, one of those deals, but. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, your 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 future rides on the shoulders of number two, um, and uh, and I think that that that's what will allow you to to hit your your potential or or not. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're you're ready to turn it over to anyone other than Baron like next year and say, hey, go win and win big 
and and carry us to the promised land. I don't know if anybody's necessarily prepared to do that, but you have more options now with Cameron Brown's addition in that you can kind of on a short term situation you're 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 better served. You've got more options. You've got more versatility, uh, which is I think what they were again. Th- these are backups are largely like ease the stress level and and their insurance policies in some ways when they're just not quite ready to to be the dude yet and um i i just know you know maybe there's a little uh little less uh, stress and maybe you sleep a bit better know with, with this addition and i think he'll be here in the spring i'm kind of fascinated to kind of see kind of all this because i think will hammond man I, I i just yeah he needs some time to uh, grow and and add some weight and all those things, but I don't know. We we probably didn't do enough uh, talking about what I mean. This cat is legit. I would tell you he he is, and this is heavy praise. He's better than Baron coming out of high school. Like I think by quite a bit. Like like you know as far as skill set and all. And that is yeah. that is again based on the competition that he played, his numbers. Um, the Elite Eleven stuff, and that, is, and I, I have all the respect for Baron Morton. But Baron Morton, it was a, it was a three A level, and you knew how talented he was, and he was like all state in five different sports. Was Baron Morton, which I think <laughs> is like a unicorn. Um, and like you know, I'm like, dude, did you just suck at anything? I mean, ever. <laughs> yeah. But but Will Hammond, like as far as quarterbacking goes, and this is what you want. Like you want to keep adding guys that are that are on paper, you know, or whatever, better than kind of what was, you know, like you keep, you know, Will Hammond's not passing up Baron Morton. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But at, at, at their, this stage of their careers, you know, Will Hammond, man, he's he's got some – I mean, he's throwing for like five or 600 on some of these nights. He, he counted for a 10-touchdown game, an eight-touchdown game. I mean, Micah Hudson was like going to watch him play on his bye week, just to give you an idea, like, it's my guy. You know, I mean, so I just, yeah, this is fun, but it's, it, they're in the oven. You know, it, it's like, these are, these are times that we're going to look forward to down the line, hopefully, because right now this is all about Baron Morton, but I do love the addition of Cameron Brown for sure. This is just my trauma speaking, but it almost felt like Will Hammond was meant to be a tech quarterback when I saw his team lose like a 73 to 66 game <laughs> or something like that. that. Like, like he's doing his part. He's doing true. his part, but uh, still wasn't enough. I don't know what's going on with the D there, but uh, not his worry now. And, uh, man, a few more explosive wide receivers might help a quarterback quarterback out. A little better offensive line might help a quarterback out. These are all big ifs right now, but it seems like there's some potential for the, both of those things uh, to advance as we hit in get into 2024. And I got to tell you, going back to figuring out what your identity is sooner rather than later next season – I don't know who stands by Coach Kitley during the game, and he may be in the box next year if we have the telecommunicado going on. Just rip out that QB power page and eat it. Shove it down your mouth, swallow it, give you a a quarter if you rub that bird too. Sorry, I don't know why I got into a Christmas vacation reference, but it's on my mind. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, Thanks for joining us up to this point as we wrap up the week. Be on the lookout for anything coming your way over the weekend before we get to Christmas Day. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Chris, I know you're hitting the road for time with uh, the fam Damley. Uh, travel safe, my man. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hey, you too, brother. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Safe travels to everybody that, that is uh, hitting the road and you know, a lot of people going out there to see family and all those things. But yeah, be careful. Keep your head on that swivel, man, and, uh, and enjoy some time with your family. But uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you guys next week. 
appreciate y'all being out there again subscribe on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode and we hope to see you back here for the next round on locked on texas tech <laughs>